It was G.K. Chesterton who wrote, The world will never starve for want of wonder, but only for want of wonder. Now, open your dictionary, please. Definition of the noun wonder. The feeling of astonishment and awe, aroused by something strange, incredible. I believe the story soon to unfold is strange enough, incredible enough, to arouse in you astonishment and awe. Still, maybe not. You may cynically not believe a word of it. We've got to find out what you lost. You've repressed it, blocked it. But somewhere it's trapped in your subconscious and we'll root it out. Now what's this about no committed relationships? I, uh, I quit before I start one. Like with girls. I I'm afraid I'll... You what? I... I'm afraid I'll... I'll hurt her. Physically? I don't know. Or afraid you'll destroy the relationship if it begins. I don't know. <laughs> quit asking me. I... I don't want to know. Our mystery drama, Three Fireflies in a Bottle, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Nancy Moore and stars Russell Horton. I will be back shortly with Act One. I won't venture to tell this peculiar tangled story myself. Is that cowardly of me? Perhaps I freely confess that its complexities, its wheels within wheels, leave me confused. So, it will be told by Robbie Clayton, a young man of... of odd experience, to say the least. It's his own story, beginning when he was seven, and suddenly saw in his room... <laughs> well, you see... I am tempted to tell this story, jealous of my role as storyteller. No, I resist and give you Robbie Clayton. I didn't know what he was. Thirteen years ago, at seven years old, how could I know? The fact that he looked weirdly different from people didn't surprise or bother me. A seven-year-old's world is a patchwork of surprises anyhow. And he didn't seem as magical to me as a circus clown I'd seen shot from a cannon. So I wasn't scared at all when he simply appeared one day in my room. Robbie, I've come to see you from the stars. I've come from outer space to be your friend. My name is Arl. Hello, Arl. I've got three fireflies in a bottle, and they look like stars. outer space was just the big friendly sky and I had no sense of wonder that Arl came from there I thought everyone had a friend like him who appeared sometimes when you were lonely and who knew without words what you were thinking and you knew what he was thinking too talking without words was a new game I liked it I liked Arl of course my parents believed Arl was their little boy's overactive imagination. I remember what they said when I told them about my new friend. John, 
Do you realize what our Robbie has done? <laughs> Certainly. He's lonely out here in the country. No brothers or sisters. He's made up a playmate. Well, I've heard of other children doing that. Isn't it sweet? Robbie, tell us what your friend Al looks like. I don't know how to tell. Of course you do. A smart little boy like you. Oh, he, oh he's got more eyes than me. He can see everywhere all the time. Oh. Such an imagination. Darling, where does I live? On a star named... Uh, named it's a hard word, Mama. Try. Um, named... Um, Brig Brock. Brig Brock. Well, say now, that is a hard word. Now tell us again how he talks to you. He thinks and I think. John, where on earth would Robbie get such an idea? <laughs> oh, no. Now, Precious, tell us how Al comes to see you. In a great big red top. Uh, see, Katie? Al's spaceship is shaped like Robbie's red singing top. Cute, huh? Oh, I wish Papa and I could see Al in that spaceship. Al says grown-ups can't see him because they don't want to. They're scared to hear what he wants to tell them. John, you ever heard of such an imagination in a child of seven? Isn't he adorable? They didn't think I was adorable by the time I was eight. Their son was too big for foolish baby games. By now, I should have outgrown all. My father said, with a sternness I'd never heard before, Robbie, I want this nonsense stopped. There is no such person as Arl. He's made up like stories and books. Babar, Pinocchio. Not true, it's pretend. From now on, you will stop talking about Arl. I stopped. But that didn't mean Arl stopped coming. He began to tell me more and more about where he came from and why. Fred, Bravian, don't behave like earthlings, Robbie. We have no hate in Bregbrog. No wars, no fear or pain or hunger. A kind of paradise, I realize now. Though Arl never used, fought, that word. He tried to explain much more than my eight-year-old mind could grasp. Looking back now, I understand that Arl was predicting what's coming to pass on the planet Earth today. Earthlings pollute Earth. They pollute space. Worst of all, they pollute minds with greed and hate and war. Why do they? Earth is a very primitive planet. It stubbornly refuses to learn. Thus it is streaking backward at dangerous speed, rushing to its destruction. My small friend, do you ask again why? Why? Because earthlings are full of hate. They feed their hate and do not feed the hungry mouths crying all over the planet. I had never known hunger. What Arl said had no meaning for me. And finally came the day when he had to do more than talk to an eight-year-old. Small friend, time for your planet is slipping away. I can wait no longer for you to understand. You are to tell the grown ones what I have thought transferred into your mind. You tell them, Arl. Oh, they are too blind and destructive even to see me. 
much less hear and listen. They won't listen to me either. Oh, if an innocent child reports matters far beyond his ken, the grown ones will have to listen. They will know such knowledge could not be fantasized by a little boy, that the warnings had to be told to you by a superior intelligence, and Earth will act to save itself. You will tell your mother and father, Robbie. They don't want me to talk about you. What you will say is not about me. It is about the world, its future, their future. It is about cataclysm, dissolution, annihilation. They and all else will perish if they do not take heed. You will tell them, small friend. Mama, Papa. The world is streaking backwards at dangerous speed. What, son? It is. Earthlings don't do right. They're dumb. Earthlings? Now, where did you pick up that word? On TV, John. They pollute Earth. They pollute space. They pollute minds with greed and hate and war. Do you hear that, dear? What a memory our Robbie has. Uh, Well, I guess he hears that stuff on TV. No, Papa. Earth is rushing to its destruction. Good heaven. Oh, get those big words, Katie. I tell you, our son may just be a genius. You have to listen. Earthlings are full of hate. They feed their hate and do not feed the hungry mouth crying all over the planet. Darling, you haven't heard this kind of thing at school, have you? No. Please listen, Mama. Listen, Papa. Honey, I'm listening. Is there more of this? Time for our planet is slipping away. Take heed or all will perish. See, Papa? That's why I have to tell you. And you'll listen because I couldn't make it up. And now you'll save everything. What the devil is this all about? About... Oh, I forget. No, wait. It is about cataclysm and dissolution and annihilation. John. Robbie, where have you heard this? Who's been teaching you those words? Robbie. I can't tell. You will tell me. John, don't frighten him. Darling, we're very impressed with what you're saying. You are? Mm -hmm. And we're listening to every word. Well, then you tell everyone. You'll tell the president, and Earth won't run backwards anymore. You believe Arl, and you'll save the world. Arl? So it's Arl. Oh, Robbie. Now, I told you not to make up any more stories about that creature. Stand up. John. Stand up. Yes, sir. I have never whipped you in my life. John, no. It's the only way to teach you not to disobey. Not to tell lies, and most important, teach you to give up that... that thing named Arl. My father pushed his chair back with such force, it crashed against the wall. He laid me across my own chair and struck me again and again. Sobbing, I stumbled to my room. Arl was there. And I was my father's son. You... you think... I hate you. You do lies. I hate you. Go away. I threw books at him. 
roller skates, a tinker toy. I was living up to what Arl said about Earthlings. Full of hate, of fury, I wanted to destroy. Arl stood motionless. No thought came from him to me. I had cut off communication. The things I hurled bounced off him. And his many eyes, always so bright, were dim and sad. He began to flicker, to fade, and he was gone. That's when I came to my senses. Hey, you stars up there! 
Hey, you fireflies! Help me remember! Uh, I can't, I can't. Oh, what? You were just a little kid with fireflies in a bottle. Hey, Robbie, wouldn't it be juicy if we could catch a UFO as easy as a firefly? We put it in a bottle and be famous. Buffy, all of a sudden I got it figured. It's the something big trying to get into my head. I am going to catch a UFO. I'm going to be famous. Oh, sure, sure. One of these days, next month, next year, sure. Now, tomorrow, it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Oh, I got this great idea. Fireflies put it into my head. I, I don't know how, but what they did. Oh, come on, Robbie. Some little old lightning bugs gave you an idea? Well, listen, don't I know everything there is to know about spaceships? Well, sure, secondhand, but I know, don't I? No? Don't I? Yes. So, what's to stop me from claiming I saw one? What? Yeah, and make everyone believe me, too. You mean make it all up, lie about it? Oh, why not? Why not? I'll make up a sighting different from everybody else's. Do you really think? Yes, I really think. I... I got almost the whole story in my head right now without even trying. Oh, Bobby, it's crazy. It's not crazy. I deserve it. I've got a right. What right? Who gave you the right? They did. The UFOs did. They know about me. They know. Listen, here's one way it'll be different. Now, everybody always sees spacemen. Robbie Clayton's going to see a space woman. Hey, up there, you spaceships, I've got a space lady in a bottle. My story, and it was a zinger. I began to believe it myself. The next day, I called the Department of Defense UFO Division. I made my pitch to the guy at the other end, Major Harris. He asked a bunch of questions, but I had all the answers rehearsed. Then he said he'd come himself that very evening to investigate. I thanked the Lord my folks were in Europe so they couldn't louse up the act. First, the Major asked to see where the UFO came to pick me up. I took him to the stream. We left his car on the road about a quarter mile away. Right uh, here, huh, Clayton? Yes, sir. Uh, right here. I was fishing, see, and all of a sudden, this UFO is right beside me. Now, I didn't see it or, or hear it before. It was right here. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't see any marks where it stood. Oh, no, sir, because uh, it was never on the ground. Just above, uh, about a foot above. Hovering. I guess they're hovering. Shape? Uh, like a top, um, like the shape of those big musical tops kids play with. Color? Red. Size? Well, I was really surprised. I thought UFOs... Uh, never mind big... what you thought. Just tell me the size. Well, as near as I can figure, about, uh, 50 feet around and, and like, 20 feet high. So what happened? Well, it, it had a round door. It, it was open, and standing right there was, I, I could hardly believe it, was a girl. Not a man. A girl. A woman. Now, how about that, Major Harris? Interesting. Describe the woman. She, um, well, she looked a lot like people. I mean, earth people. Only she didn't. I mean, her face did and her body did, but she was tall, and real tall, maybe uh, seven feet. And her eyes, great big eyes, uh, well, they were purple. And so was her hair. Purple. Huh. Well, she was beautiful. More than anyone I've ever seen. I, I think the word is, um... Ethereal. Ethereal. All right, then what? She talked to me. That space lady stood there and talked to me. But neither one of us had to say one word. Telepathy. In English? Well, I don't know. 
Honest, I, I don't know. I, I just know. I, I understood it. She said her name was uh, Arlene. Robert Clayton, are you prepared to take a lie detector test on this matter? What? You heard me. A lie detector test. That <laughs> chance. You think I don't know you wouldn't dare take one? You think you're the first star-struck punk that ever tried to pull this kind of con? It's not a con. It is not. She was here. I swear she was here. You really believe you could do a number on the United States Air Force? I knew on the phone you were another fake. We get liars like you by the carload. But you, you think I'd bother to stop by here if I didn't live in Baltimore and this was on my way home? I'm not a liar. I'm not. So long, kid. Clean up your act. You never saw a UFO and you never will. <laughs> purple eyes. Purple hair. I wanted to die. I laid face down on the grass and cried. When I talked to the Major, I had myself so psyched up, I really believed Arling had been there. I could see her. I really could. What a fool I felt now. A punk. Just like he said. A star-struck young punk. I lay there on the grass like that until I heard a voice. Robbie Clayton. I thought the Major was back. I rolled over and looked up Okay, so you don't believe me. You never will. No one will. 
But you know something, Major Air Force Harris? I don't care. I saw a spaceship. I talked to a space being. And that's all I want in this whole world. After that, just the way I forgot Arl, the memory of Arling was erased from my mind. When Buffy asked me what had happened, it wasn't like I lied to her. I honestly didn't remember. Buffy, how can you not remember? You had this plan. You'd call the defense department. You told me all that. I don't want to hear it again. But don't you even remember about the fireflies? The what? You had three fireflies in a bottle. Oh, Buff, will you for Pete's sake listen to yourself? You dreamed all this junk. Fell asleep out there by the stream and dreamed it. I didn't. I did not. Like I tried to calm the Air Force. Like I claim I saw a UFO when I didn't. And now you dream up a bunch of lightning bugs? Boy, you don't know when to quit, do you? Robbie, something's wrong with you. With me? You're different all of a sudden. What happened to you? To us? Hey, don't lay it on me. You're the one that's different. Oh, get off my back. Get out of my life. Bumpy was right. I was different. Something crazy was happening. I couldn't see it then, but I sure see it now. For one thing, it was the beginning of how I couldn't get along with anyone anymore. Every relationship that started, I'd run out on. Run. Scared. But scared of what? I didn't know, but I'd find out. Yeah, I'd find out. Indeed, a change had begun in Robbie Clayton. And remember that sense of loss he'd suffered since childhood? It intensified. But one thing did not change. His absorption, his obsession with space. At 18, he quit school. At 19, left home. Where did he end up? In a cheap two-bit carnival, working a UFO concession. In Act 3, we will follow him there. The UFO concession in the carnival consisted of a tall, multicolored pole with small three-inch spaceships hanging from its top by wire. Some 15 feet from the ground, these toys whirled at high speed in a zigzag pattern around the pole. Step right up, folks. Only 50 cents, half a buck. Shoot down three spaceships and win a classy UFO model. Step right up. This sleazy occupation could hardly satisfy Robbie's craving for space knowledge. Yet there he was. Yeah, there I was. A loner, no friends, no girl. And all the time, that rotten sense of something missing. Lost. After a year at the Carney, a new concession went up next to mine. One of those two-by-four tents. And over the entry flap, a sign. Maximilian Carlson. Hypnotist. The first day, the gent by that name came to my space to get acquainted. Hello, neighbor. Well? Maximilian Carlson. Call me Max. Who are you? Uh, Rob Clayton. Uh, here, have a belt of good old whiskey, Rob. Tastes better on the bottle. No, thanks. Uh, then whatever you say. This carny's some dump, huh? Yeah. So, you're in the space racket. Hey, don't you call it that. 
Oh, sure, this cheap game is a racket, but space, outer space, no, no, that is the most... Uh, never mind, you wouldn't understand. Pretty uptight on space, aren't you, friend? <laughs> Spacey, you might call it. Hey, what do you mean? I... How, how do you know I'm uptight? Oh, I know, buddy. I can reach you. Say, maybe I could loosen you up with my racket. Hypnotism? Eh, forget it, and I'm not interested in it. Hypnotize anybody? No. Some people aren't good subjects. Well, what if I'm not? <laughs> no problem. I'm not just a hypnotist. I'm a psychiatrist. In a carny? Well, you see this bottle? It got me run out of the profession. Okay, okay, I may be a boozer. But I know what I know. I could help you get off your hook. Maybe Max lied about what he was. But he sure knew how to draw me out. He sat there, swinging out of his bottle, and got me to spill a lot of stuff I'd never talked about to anyone. The feelings of loss, no friend, no girl, running from something or to something. But nothing had a name. And Max began to dig deeper. We gotta find out what you lost. We overpressed it, blocked it out. It's trapped somewhere in your unconscious, and we'll root it out. Now, what's this about no committed relationships? Why, well, I quit before I start one. Like with girls, I, I am afraid I'll... You're what? Well, I don't know. Try for feelings, not facts. How do you feel when you see a girl you'd like to know? I... I'm afraid I'll, um... I'll hurt her. Physically? I don't know. Or afraid you'll destroy the relationship? I don't know. She... She looks wrong, too. What? Well, not at first. At first she's pretty. And and then I don't like how she looks. And, and I, I don't want her anymore. Well, put that on hold and go back to the first time you got that sense of loss. When? I don't remember when. Well, let yourself feel the loss. Let the feeling take you back to when it first began. Go back to childhood. Did you lose something you loved? A parent, a pet maybe, a, a dog, a pony? I don't remember my childhood. Oh, sure you do. You're hiding from it. Now that shows it's important. Proves we have to exercise the demon to that childhood. Now, think. What did you lose? I don't know. Quit asking me. I I, I don't want to remember. I'm, I'm too ashamed. Ashamed? What? Why? I... I don't know why I said that. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. All right. Forget about childhood. What about your teens? Did you have a girl, a loser? Hmm. Buffy. Buffy, I, I didn't lose her. I, I quit. I walked out. Are you ashamed of walking out? No. She didn't look right. Well, then does the shame go back to some earlier time? I don't know. But now, don't be afraid of it. Where did it start? The shame, the loss. Where? Rob? Robbie? The little boy, Robbie... I have three fireflies 
in a bottle. That was the beginning of the breakthrough. I said fireflies, and then he clammed up. That's when Max hypnotized me. Easy. He picked up on the fireflies, and I was a cinch. You're going to feel relaxed. Feel good. Now imagine yourself in some peaceful place. By a lake, perhaps. Soft, lapping water. Oh, the stream on my father's farm at night. Good. Now you lie on the grass beside the stream. Peaceful. Watching the fireflies. And the stars. And the stars. Quiet. Peaceful. Stars, fireflies. When I snap my fingers, you'll go back to your childhood. To the little boy, Robbie. And you'll remember what happened to him. That was so important. When I snap my fingers, you'll remember. Robbie, I've come to see you from the stars. I've come from outer space to be your friend. My name is Oz. Hello, Oz. I've got three fireflies in a bottle. I told Max all about Arl. All except the end, the very end. Max kept pushing, asking, leading. Now you lost something. You're ashamed of something. What is it? Tell me what happened. Go back. Go back. Tell me. I threw things. Skates. Books. Toys. Go on. Go on. You, you sing. I hate you. You tell lies. I hate you. Go away. Oh, come back. I didn't mean it. You're my friend. Come back. I told it all. When I came out of the trance, or whatever you call it, Max told it all back to me. He was full of whiskey. And he laughed at me. Laughed. He thought it was funny. I wanted to kill him. <laughs> well, bless my soul. That's a razzle-dazzle bang-up history if I ever heard one. Huh? Arl. Arling. The planet Bergborg. All of it in your mind. Every syllable of it made up. Yanked out of your imagination. <laughs> a spaceman in the nursery. <laughs> See, your eight-year-old self believed I was there. Then you believed you lost it. Believed all your life down in your subconscious that you ran him off. <laughs> now you get it, Rob. That's why you're scared to like anyone. Afraid you'll kick that person out, too, the way you kicked out Buffy. <laughs> now you don't want that stuff to happen again. It all relates back to the strong owl, see? Sure, he was never real, but he was real to you. He was real. He was there. Oh, come on, kid. Cut it out. We got to the bottom of this craziness. Brought it out into the light of day. You can let it go. No. <laughs> now take, take Arlen, your dream girl that never was. 
She's what you've been looking for in dames. Some dopey idea of perfection. A Buffy and all the other girls look wrong. <laughs> because they haven't got dizzy purple eyes and purple hair. Quit <laughs> that. Look, don't you dare laugh. I saw Arlene. Sure. I touched her. And somewhere she is waiting for me. I'm going to find her again. She's the one I want. <laughs> I said quit that. Get out. Oh. What are you what are you doing? You are a liar. Stop. You're an earthling. Don't you pull out everything. Good. You can't laugh anymore. Again, but there's hope. You're the best doctor, the best psychiatrist. 
This is the finest mental hospital in the country. You can't see, Arl. You couldn't see him then. You can't see him now. Or hear what he says. Or understand if you did hear. He could save you, save the world, but you refuse to understand. I will begin to write now the whole story for earthlings to hear, understand, believe, and then act to save the world. I didn't know what he was. Thirteen years ago, at seven years old, how could I know? The fact that he looked weirdly different from people didn't surprise or bother me. A seven-year-old's world is a patchwork of surprises anyhow. And he didn't seem as magical to me as a circus clown I'd seen shot from a Destroy us. How do you know I won't do it one day? Well, we 